Welcome back to the Marnie Blick Tapes, the podcast that follows the various cases of Detective Marnie Blick. Quick note here, this is part two of a case we started in the previous episode. So if you haven't listened to part one, better go listen to that first. So here's what we've got on this case so far. The case we've named the devious dispatching of Adrian Costa. Adrian Costa was found dead in his home in Cold Springs, New York, where he worked in the ER. But this isn't just some random case for Marnie, because Adrian was Marnie's ex-boyfriend. In fact, he was with her right before Marnie's tragic accident. This is the first time we're on a case where there's a direct link between Marnie and the victim. Then, Adrian's parents told Marnie that they had received an anonymous call and that the caller wanted to meet in person to share some piece of information that they were too paranoid to share over the phone. So, Finn went to meet with that person. And that's where everything went wrong. Where we left off, Finn was on the phone with Marnie, waiting for the anonymous caller. Out of nowhere, gunshots, and Finn is hit, but manages to get away. In the scuffle, he drops his phone. We hear footsteps, and someone picks up the phone, with Marnie still on the other line. Hello? Who is this? Who is this? Where's Finn? Who am I talking to? Did you call the Costa family? Is this Marnie Blake? Did you kill Adrian Costa? So I'm guessing I didn't just shoot at you, huh? Who is this? Marnie Blake. I'll see you soon. Wait, who are you? At this point, we don't know who that was. But whoever pretended to have that anonymous tip ended up shooting at Finn and that person clearly knew who Marnie was. In fact, judging by how he said it, we're assuming Marnie was his intended target. The next records we have are calls Marnie made to every nearby hospital, since Finn now didn't have his cell phone. She was quickly able to locate a gunshot victim at a local hospital just outside of Cold Springs. We have a recorded call between Marnie and someone at the hospital front desk confirming that one Finn Graham had checked in with a gunshot wound to the shoulder. A few hours later, Marnie gets a call from Finn. Hey, it's me. Oh my God, are you okay? No, no, I'm good. Uh, it's not bad. It's just the bullet grazed me and it was um, like eight stitches, left shoulder. But you're okay? Yeah. No permanent damage? No, 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 no. Full movement of your shoulder? Yes, Marnie, I'm fine. It's really not as bad as you think. So sorry, Finn. Hey, don't be. It's okay. It doesn't even hurt. I should have known something like this could happen. There's no way you could know this. Well, that could have... Somehow that could have gone even worse. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Do you... Who was that? I think it's safe to assume that your shooter is probably Adrian's killer. Yeah, I mean, that's a good assumption. I would think that too, but... 
why? Like, who, who or why would someone shoot me? So, actually, a lot's happened. Do you have a second? Yeah. <laughs> so, after you were shot, mm. I guess you dropped your phone and he picked it up. Started talking to me. Wait, what? Yeah. And he knew my name. What the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah, so he shot you thinking you were me. Like I was the one who was showing up. Oh, shit, that's... Marnie, that's fucking crazy. What did he say to you? Well, I asked him if he killed Adrian, but he didn't answer. He just asked if I was Marnie Blick, and then he'd said... Uh Uh-huh. He said he'd see me soon. What? Oh, shit. I'll play you the recording later. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Marnie, that's... But... Now I'm... I'm worried he's... going to try to find you. I found you in minutes, so he could do the same. Okay. If you can, you should leave the hospital. Okay, for sure. Are you clear to leave? Yeah, I I think I am. Okay. Call me when you're out. I'm booking you another hotel, so just just call me back and we'll go from there. Yeah, got it. Bye. Marnie had just begun to call hotels when she got a call back from Finn moments later. Hello? Hey there, uh, it's me. What, is everything okay? Yeah, okay, wait. If you think he's coming for me here, then why don't we, uh, like, I don't know, try to set up a trap? Like, we can have cops come, we can secure the area. And use you as bait. Yeah, no. No, no, Mari, I'm down. Look, we have to catch this guy somehow. Right? I don't feel comfortable putting you in that position right now. You're not putting me in that position, just trust me. Call the sheriff, I'll talk to security here. We don't actually know that he's coming after you. Okay, then in the off chance that he is, trust me. It's fine. I'm good. Okay. Marty? All right, I'm going to call the Cold Springs PD and see if this is even possible for them. Okay, cool. I'll call you back in a second. We'll figure it out. Are you sure about this? Yes, I'm sure. Call the police. Okay, I'll call you back. Okay. We don't have the recordings of the calls Marnie made to the Cold Springs Police Department, but it seems she was able to get them to show up at the hospital shortly after hanging up with Finn. The town of Cold Springs didn't see a lot of homicides, so the case of Adrian Costa's murder, and now the shooting of Finn Graham, was at the very top of the police department's priority list. The plan was to have plainclothes police officers stationed outside of every entrance to the hospital, as well as have some in position right outside of the room that Finn was being kept in. If the anonymous shooter tried anything, Marnie felt confident he'd be caught. Here we have Marnie on the phone with Finn. Several hours have passed, and we're not exactly sure what they're even talking about. But the recording gets interrupted by another call. Yeah, I mean, a while. They might have got a grant or a donation for that specific department or something. Weird. I'll look into it later. I'm curious. Did we, uh, hear back from... Uh, hold on. What? Uh, you're calling. Oh, right, he still has my phone. I'll call you back. Yeah. Hello? Hey, Marnie. How's your friend doing? Getting the cops involved was a big mistake. You know that? You think my partner gets shot and I'm not going to call the police? Did they come up with this sting operation, or is that you? What do you want? I want to talk to you. About what? 
Adrian? We're talking now. No, no. In person. I want to talk to you in person. That's going to be... cops. Or more people died. Last morning. I'll be in touch. Wait. Needless to say, the shooter never showed. The sting operation was a bust. Now, if there's one thing we've learned about Marnie while putting together this first season of her cases for you, it's that waiting around for someone else to get in touch with her wasn't part of her strategy. Without any further leads on the killer, Marnie scoured her existing list of suspects. She did extensive research into all of Adrian's colleagues, associates, friends, patients, and again, she was drawn to the issue of Sam Allen. This was the man Adrian's colleague had mentioned to Marnie. His son had died at Adrian's hospital, and he felt that Adrian was responsible. And so, Marnie goes digging. She begins sorting through medical files from Adrian's hospital. How she got access to these is a mystery to us. Maybe the security was more lax in the 90s, but we're pretty sure you can't just go waltz into an ER and get detailed medical records like this. But as we keep saying, Marnie had her ways. In the hospital records, Marnie did end up finding no less than 14 complaints of medical malpractice against Adrian, all from Sam Allen. Sam had left countless messages for both Adrian and the hospital board, and ultimately the hospital had been forced to ban Sam from entering the premises due to repeated attempts to get to Adrian. The final attempt had apparently led to a physical altercation, but Adrian had decided not to press any charges. According to recorded witness testimony of the incident, Sam Allen had somehow gotten into Adrian's office and had been yelling at him. Then, in the hospital hallway, Mr. Allen assaulted Adrian, but Adrian was able to restrain Mr. Allen, and then security escorted him out of the building. Somehow, Marnie managed to find a number to reach Sam Allen on. And the following is their conversation. Who is this? My name is Detective Blick, and I'm reaching out about a recent homicide. Do you have a moment? What happened? Mr. Allen, do you know an Adrian Costa? Yeah. Yeah, I do, sort of. What is your relationship to him? Is Is this who this is about? Yes. Yes, it is. Wait. Is he dead? Yes, Mr. Allen. Dr. Costa was murdered. No shit. Mm-hmm. So what was your relationship to Dr. Costa? Um, he... Wow. I'm sorry. Wow, that's crazy. He... I only knew him because he... He completely fucked my life up. My whole... I don't know. How so? Am I a suspect? You think I did it? Did you? Ma'am, this is a little overwhelming right now. I can tell you for sure that I... I wish I had, okay? Dr. Costa, on his own. Like, he's on his own responsible for completely ruining my life. And I'm sure countless other people, too. My son could have been fine. 
You had an accident. Car accident. I took him to the ER. Dr. Costa was in. My son needed immediate surgery, but... Dr. Costa chose to operate on someone else instead. You blame Dr. Costa for your son's death. I'm not the one. I don't blame him. It's just clear. It's completely clear. You don't think that if you'd operated on your son, then the other person could have made the ex exact same case? I found out later it wasn't life-threatening. They were going to be fine. You don't know that, though, right? I do know it. If it wasn't for that fucking piece of... Amanda's... I can't talk right now. Sir, where were you the night of the 13th? Uh, I don't have to talk to you. I had nothing to do with this. I wish I had. What's obvious to us is that Sam Allen here's voice doesn't line up with the anonymous caller who shot at Finn. Maybe an accomplice? Either way, before Marnie had any time to investigate further into Sam, she got another call from Finn's old phone. From the person who almost killed Finn. Here's the tape we have of that phone call. Hello? Sarah. That raised the stakes substantially for Marnie. The first thing she did was look for missing persons records. And sure enough, one Julia Hemner had gone missing the day before. 16 years old, a Cold Springs local. She'd been last seen after school heading home, but she never made it back. Her mother, Eileen Hemner, had filed a missing persons report late at night, Tuesday night. Marnie's call we just listened to with the anonymous caller was on Wednesday, and their meeting was set to be the following day, Thursday, at the Metropolitan Museum in New York City. Time was of the essence. The first thing Marnie did was try to contact the kidnapped girl's mother, Eileen. Unable to reach her by phone, she had Finn stop by the apartment home in Cold Springs. Finn describes Eileen as a very in-shape young mom. She's a fitness instructor and physical therapist in Cold Springs. Blonde hair, blue eyes, just like her daughter, Julia. Here's a recording between Finn and Eileen. Finn notes that Eileen isn't the nervous wreck he'd imagine a single mom to be 
upon realizing her only child, her daughter, had turned up missing. Could you state your name for the recording? Yep, Eileen Diane Hemner. Great. And you're okay with me recording this conversation? Yeah, of course. Cool. Thanks. Okay, so thanks for talking to me at such short notice like this. Yeah. Uh, when did you last see your daughter? Monday morning, I think. You didn't see her at all yesterday? No, I don't think so. Was she home yesterday morning? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she must have come home. Okay. Did you see her Monday night? I didn't, no. She's really independent. She's often over with her friends at their place. You filed the missing uh -huh. persons report last night, correct? Yeah. Because she was just gone longer than usual? She missed her dentist appointment yesterday, and they called me. Okay. And then I called her, um, her best friend Erica. She's usually at her place, but yeah, um, Erica hadn't seen her. She said she just saw her leave school on Tuesday. So she was in class Tuesday, but then missed her appointment, mm -hmm. her, her dentist appointment. Mm -hmm. They called you. Yeah. You called her friend, and then that's when you contacted the cops. Yeah. Did Erica have any idea where she went? She said that Julia might have hung out with her new boyfriend. Oh, do you know who that is? I, I don't know him. Has Julia talked about him? No, Erica's the first time I heard about him. Are, are you concerned about that? <laughs> uh, not really, no. She's, she's a big girl, and we, I, trust her with that sort of thing. And I'm pretty sure she'll just pop up at any time now. Yeah. I honestly just <clears throat> called in the police report, just in case. Okay, yeah. Do you, do you have Erica's number by chance? Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. Do you think it'd be all right if I reached out to her? Yeah, definitely. Let me get it. Sure. And of course, I'll let you know if we find anything. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time. We imagine it must have been difficult for Finn not to tell Eileen that her daughter wasn't just going to pop up, but that she was kidnapped by a clearly dangerous man. Marnie had given Finn specific instructions not to tell her. She was worried that Eileen would then go back to the cops, and that was the one thing the anonymous caller had insisted Marnie doesn't do. For the safety of the kidnapped girl, Marnie wasn't ready to test the patience of the kidnapper. After getting the number of Erica Dorsey, Julia's best friend, Marnie decided it was best that she call her directly. Here's that phone call. Erica Dorsey? Yeah, who's this? Hey Erica, my name's Marnie Blick. I'm a detective looking into Julia Hemner's whereabouts. Oh, right. Is now a good time to chat? Yeah, sure. We were told that you're her best friend. Is that right? Yes, yeah, she's my best friend. And um, could you tell me the last time you saw her? I saw her yesterday. After school, we hung out for a bit. Right. And then she was heading to her dentist, I think. Okay, yeah. She, um... I, um, I, I told the cops this already, but I just... After she left, she, like, crossed the street. Okay. And I don't know, I, like, I looked back and she was gone, like... Was she in a hurry? I don't know, I just... I didn't think that much of it at the time, but now I'm thinking of it now. Like, it's, it's just weird, and I don't know. Was there a car that passed by? Like a van, something like that? That's what I'm like, I don't know exactly. I feel like I did see a van pass right around then. Is there a possibility the van stopped and Julia got in the van? I really don't know. That could be. I, I wasn't really paying attention. Were you able to make out the model of the van? I'm pretty sure it was the same car my dad has, just in a different color. That's why I remember it, but I'm not 100% sure, but... Like, I don't even know if any of this happened or if I'm just making stuff up, like, in, in retrospect. Okay, well, I can look into it. Any information helps. Right. Do you know what model van that is that your dad has? Um, let me check. Dad? 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 What's the car you have? 
the name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, a Toyota Previa. Got it. Do you remember what color it was? It was red, dark red. Okay. And uh, Julie's mom mentioned a boyfriend. Can you tell me anything about him? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's like a boyfriend girlfriend thing at all. Oh. Okay. It's just a guy she met, I think, last week. I think he's older. Do you know where they met? I'm not sure, in, like, Westchester somewhere. Do you know anything at all about this guy? Not really. He's from the city, though. Got it. Okay. Okay, thank you, Erica. If there's anything more that you can think of... Pressed for time, Marnie decided to cold call every car rental location near Cold Springs in hopes that maybe the anonymous caller had, in fact, kidnapped Julia in a red Toyota Previa, and in the hopes that he had rented it for just this occasion. We found call logs and a sheet of locations Marnie called, each one crossed out, one after the other. And it's weird for us to see Marnie hit what's pretty much a dead end on this. None of the locations she reached out to had recently rented out a car that matched the description. All that was left was the upcoming meeting with the kidnapper at the Metropolitan Museum in New York City the next day. For those of you who don't know, the Met Museum is a massive, massive museum with tons of wings and sections, each dedicated to some time period in the arts. It's located on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, at the edge of Central Park, and it's often extremely crowded. The likelihood of being able to identify the caller in this massive place with so many people walking around was, well, it was just not very likely. But Marty quickly realized that she had a potential trick up her sleeve. At this point in time, Finn appears to have recovered somewhat from his injury. We have a few calls between Marnie and Finn here that we'll skip over, but essentially, Marnie was trying to have Finn take off for the rest of this case, but Finn just wasn't having any of it. He repeatedly assured Marnie that he was doing great and wanted to continue on the case. Marnie eventually caved, and then she filled him in on what her plan was for the meeting with the mystery caller. The next recording we have for you is between Marnie and Finn. Marnie going to meet with the caller herself was not an option. We don't know if it's because she logistically couldn't make it to New York City in one day, or because of her condition, or some other reason she didn't write down in her notes. This is probably a good time to mention that we have no clue where Marnie actually operated from. So for all we know, she was doing all her calls from a beach house in the Maldives, or some mansion on the East Coast, or, well, anywhere really. So since she wasn't going to be at the museum, Finn was going in her place, but not to meet the caller. Instead, Marnie managed to get Finn inside the museum's security offices, watching the various feeds from the many security cameras inside the museum. As usual, we're never sure how Marnie managed to get access to these kinds of things. Marnie's investigations weren't federal investigations, they were either private or in this case, personal to Marnie herself. And in this particular situation, Marnie took the caller's warning about not involving the police seriously. So it really was just Marnie and Finn, alone. Back to the situation at hand. Here's Finn and Marnie. It's almost 11 a.m., the rendezvous time she had set with the anonymous caller. Yeah, uh, I have two of the entrances up in front of me on screens. The Greek statue's wing or Yeah, the Greek and Roman art. Okay, good. But... There's a third entrance. 
And, hey man, could we get an angle on the east entrance as well, up here? Great, thanks. Perfect, thank you. I remember that because I spent so many hours in there for sketching class. We'd come here, like, all the time, this very specifically. All right, that works out. Yeah. Weird to, uh, be here in this kind of situation now. Okay, about two, four, ten, eighteen, I don't know, like thirty, under forty people in there right now. Okay. Uh, we got a group coming in, it's a school group, about 20 kids, like middle school. It should be, yep, it's 11. He's either in there or he should be in there soon. Or he's running late. I doubt it. I'm going for it. Keep your eyes peeled, okay? Anyone answering a phone in this room in the next couple of seconds. Got it. And that's my phone he has still, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, someone just pulled out a phone. Male, blue shirt, black pants, white shoes. I'll try to stall him. Try to tail him if he leaves. Copy that. Where are you? Hey, I'll be there in just a moment. I said no games, Marnie. I got stuck in traffic. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Wait. You fucked up, Marnie. Too late. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm almost there. Too late. Wait. The next call is minutes later. Finn calls Marnie. I followed him out, but, yeah, yeah, I lost him in the crowd, but, but I got a clear photo of him before he bolted. Oh, amazing. The security cams are, are really good here, but, you know, just in case. Okay, great. Just <clears throat> get back to the security office. And did you get a clear look at his face? Yeah, I did. Is there anyone we know? I don't think so. I'm going to upload the, the photos I took to a computer. Uh, they have the security upstairs, and, um... Yeah, then I'll, I'll fax those things to you. Those and the pictures I got from the security cameras. Okay, great. Cool. Good job. Call me when you're up there. Got it. Okay? Yeah. Finn had just finished downloading the photos to the computer when he called Marnie again. They came out well. You can see his face perfectly. Awesome. Yeah, can you... I'm going to fax these over to you now. They're really good quality. Okay, good. Call me when you do, yeah? Will do. Yeah. Okay. There was some troubleshooting, but soon after, Marnie receives the copies of the photographs. All right, you should be getting them. Uh, yeah. Okay, did he uh, reach out to you yet? Not yet. I tried calling, he didn't pick up. All right. If we're able to identify based on these, it'll... Uh... Marty? Hello? Marty? Uh, Finn? Yeah? The guy you sent me, this, this, this picture? Yeah. I know who this is. You're sure this is the guy? Uh, yeah. This is Dustin Hall. This is the guy who hit me with his car. The accident I had. This is who did it. What, what, what do you mean? This is the same guy, yeah. Dustin Hall. And that's where we'll end this episode of the Marnie Blake Tapes, with Marnie now in direct contact with the man responsible for her condition, Dustin Hall. The man who had hit her all those years ago in what she believed to be an accident that changed her life forever. 
As always, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The next episode will be the final episode of this first season of The Marnie Blick Tapes. So we hope you tune in for the finale. Please do leave a rating on whatever podcast app you're using. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment, like, and please subscribe to the channel. To get in touch with us, please follow us at Antonius Nazareth and Nicholas M. Sato, or email us at themarnieblicktapes at gmail.com. Editing by Nicholas Sato and Antonius Nazareth. Music by Antonius Nazareth. And special thanks to Mallory Blick and Gianna. <laughs>